Welcome back to Mishnah Yomi. Today we're finishing the second parak of Mesech the Shabbos with Mishnah Vav and Mishnah Zion. As our Mishnah, Ashlosha Averis Noshim Misos Bishas Leidasam. On three things, there are three Averis that could perhaps cause a woman to perish during childbirth. This is an interesting idea that, especially back in the day when there was such a high rate of the death of the mother during childbirth, it presented a profound theological question why the life of a young mother was snuffed out at the prime of her life. And therefore, the Mishnah is trying to offer three suggestions of three Averos that can cause it. She wasn't careful about the laws of Nida, or the laws of Chala, or lighting the Shabbos candle. And that's obviously why it's put in this parak because it's uh, the Shabbos candle. Just a couple points on this. One is why these three out of all the um, um, all, all, all the different mitzvahs in the Torah. So the more practical idea is that these three, although everyone, both man and woman, are obligated in them, ultimately these tend to fall in the domain of the woman, either because of practicality, whereas, as when it comes to the laws of Nida, or because more often than not it's the woman who is running the domestic house chores. And that's actually why, if you recall, when we learned Mishaklis Chala together, that although normally the Mishnah talks, the general language of the Mishnah is that of of masculine, in Mesechus Chala it was feminine, when she takes the Chala, because again, more often than not, the Mishnah was assuming it was the woman who would be taking the Chala. Now, there's a very interesting Gemara found in Mesechus Brachas and Daflam and Aleph in the base that actually flips this Mishnah to make it a positive thing. Not that on these three things, if a woman doesn't f- fulfill them, so then she will she may perish, but in fact, the Gemara says that when Chana was davening, when Chana was praying for a child, she said she said three times. She said, uh, "I'm so." She said she, she referred to herself as a maidservant, a maidservant, a maidservant, a maidservant. What's going on here? She says the Gemara, "Amar Chana lefnei Baruch Says Chana in front of a God. Ribona Sha'olam, Shloshim Adakim Hisas Baras Isha. I assessed myself for the three things that you claim cause death to a woman. You, you, taught, you said that if a woman is not punctilious or careful in her observance of Nida, Chala, and lighting the candles, she may cause death to this world. Have I, have I violated any of them? Have I transgressed any of them? Absolutely not. She said as follows, God, if the thing that you say, if you violate them, causes and brings death to this world, and I have not violated them, and I have not transgressed them, so you owe it to me to allow me to bring life into this world because I fulfill them. Fasting take on this Mishnah, says Chana, that I'm actually utilizing this principle to say, if I fulfill this, then you owe it to me to allow me to bring life into this world and to grant me a child. As it's getting towards twilight in one's house, there are three things a person should, a person should say in his house. A person should make sure as to, to ensure that they can enter into Shabbos with the appropriate preparations for Shabbos, because these three things one can no longer do once Shabbos begins. So nowadays, and I guess in our modern homes, we say, did you plug in the hot plate? Did you uh, turn on all the lights? So, and back then, the Mishnah says, did you take off the Meiser and Truma? Because as we discussed 
earlier on this afternoon and say to Israel that one is not allowed to remove Trumas and Maestros on Shabbos because that's it's, it's as if you're fixing the food. And because you're not allowed to fix food on Shabbos, because it looks like you're fixing and packing the food, we don't let you take Trumas and Maestros on Shabbos. And it's actually just to add, add it on. We also noted then that it's more than that, that it's not just you're not allowed to take Trumas and Maestros on Shabbos, but also all food, even food which one need not take trumas and maestros off if they were to eat it during the week, as in there are some foods one's allowed to partake from and eat from it, achilas arai. One can snack on certain foods, even if they had not taken off the appropriate tithes from, they didn't take off the appropriate trumas and maestros from, once Shabbos hits, once Shabbos begins, so then all food one must remove trumas and maestros from. However, on Shabbos, one's not allowed to remove the trumas and maestros from, so what the person must say, Arab Shabbos, in his house is, have we removed all the appropriate trumas and maestros? Have we made the proper Erev arrangements? And that is to say that there are different Erev arrangements one has to make before Shabbos. One of them being the Erev Tchumim. A person is bound. They're not allowed to leave the 2,000 Amos radius from where they dwell. That they're stuck in, in, in the... Uh, in, they're stuck. They're dwell, they're, in their dwell, they have their dwelling place, their home. And they can only go 2,000 Amos, 2,000, uh, about, uh, about 3,500 to 4,000 feet in either direction. Now, if a person needs to go beyond that, what they can do is they can move their house using a halachic, uh, a halachic, measure, a halachic way. They can halachically move their house somewhere else. How do they do that? They make what's called an Erev Tchum. So let's say my home is located, uh, is located on uh, Harvard Street here in Linden, but I need to go 2,000 feet beyond where I'm supposed to go so I can take food and bring it to uh, 1,900 feet away from my home, put it down where it is, and say, okay, fine, this is where I'm, quote-unquote, dwelling for Shabbos. So now I can go uh, I can go beyond this 1,900 feet, an additional 1,900 feet from, well, 1,900 almost, from where the food is, and I can still go to my house, but I can't go the other direction more than 100 feet. Because now, again, uh, my new domain, quote-unquote, is where that food is located, and that, it's from there that can only go 2,000 amos. So this idea of an Erev Tchom, that can only be done on Erev Shabbos. Uh, similar to Erev Chatseros, if you live, if several houses live in an enclosed courtyard, or um, we live in uh, with one big Erev in our community, surrounding our home, we have the, the, the telephone lines, so in order to carry from house to house, not only do you need to have the air, the thin line. You also need to create create it that we all share one domain. So we take some food. We usually do it once a year. We put it in one of the houses or one of the shoals. We say now it's as if we all dwell in one house because we all share one big meal. That as well can only be done in Arab Shabbos. And lastly, he liquors in there. A person must say that we light the Shabbos candles, as in that cannot be done as well once Shabbos commences. Once it goes beyond getting towards towards evening, but actually begins twilight. It gets to Ben Hashmashos. That Suffolk period, that, that, that time period, is a day, is a night. So then, because it might actually be night, Shabbos may have actually began already. Again, is it day, is it night? It's that twilight period. So then we act. We have to take on many more stringencies. In Maestros of if you have definite Tevel, food that one must remove Trumas and Maestros from, so then you cannot do that on in the twilight Ben Hashmashos period. One is not allowed to immerse their utensils 
as in a person's utensils are tame or impure, one cannot purify them for a very similar reason, by the way, as one is not allowed to take and maestros, and that is because here you have these utensils, you can't use them because they're impure, you dipped them in the, in the mikvah now that you can use them, it looks like you're fixing the kli, albeit spiritually, but you're fixing it, it looks like metakin, and one cannot do that as well. And so too, one's not allowed to light a candle during Banish Mushrooms again, because now it's 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 almost it's almost it's almost Shabbos. Maybe it is Shabbos, and therefore you can't do these activities that are either biblically prohibited or strongly resemble a biblical prohibition. However, there are certain things, there are certain leniencies we have because it still might be not Shabbos yet. Again, it's that Suffolk Banish Mushrooms period, twilight. which we discussed many, many times, and almost dedicated to in Seder's Rayim, and that was. There, were, there are some produce you buy from an Amar, it's someone who doesn't really know the laws of Trumas and Maestros, and we have to, out of concern that maybe he didn't separate all of the appropriate Trumas and Maestros, we re-separate some of those tithes, so that can be done during Benesh Mashos. Why? Because ultimately, maybe he did remove them, and maybe it's not really Shabbos, so therefore we like to do that. Umarivin, we allow you to make an Erev Chatseros, once allowed to do an Erev Chatseros, and lastly, when we insulate their hot food. What's that talking about? So this is going to be the subject of the next Perek, but the Halach is as follows. The rabbis, the Rabbanat, the Chazal, made a prohibition, rabbinic prohibition, to insulate hot food on Shabbos. What's the concern? Because if the hot food cools off, a person might now reheat it by putting it on a fire. Start a fire to reheat it, and now you have a Malach of cooking on a fire. Therefore, one's not allowed to insulate, totally insulate food on Shabbos. However, banashmashos, one can insulate food, provided that it's being insulated in a substance that doesn't increase the heat. But if it only merely keeps it insulated, keep retains the heat, one could do that. Banashmashos, I wish you all a wonderful day.